السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمد للہ نحمد ونسلی علی رسول الکریم اما بعد فعود بلّہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ربش رحلی صدری ویسر لی امری وحل العقدم السانی یفقہ قولی اللہ مہدی قلبی وسدد لسانی وسر السخیم تقلبی امین یا رب العالمین Lesson number 33, Surah Al-Baqarah, verses 243 to 252. We will do the translation from page number 66. Alam, tara, ila, alladhina, kharaju, min, diyarihim, wahum, ulufun, hadara, al-mawti, فقال لهم الله موتوا ثم احياهم ان الله لذو فضل على الناس ولكن اكثر الناس لا يشكرون وقاتلوا في سبيلي الله واعلموا ان الله سميع عليم من ذا الذي يقرض الله قرضا حسنا فيضاعفه له اضعافا كثيره والله يقبض ويبسط وإليه ترجعون ألم ترى إلى الملأ من بني إسرائيل من بعد موسى إذ قالوا لنبي لهم ابعث لنا ملكا نقاتل في سبيل الله قال هل عسيتم إن كتب عليكم القتال ألا تقاتلوا قالوا وما لنا ألا نقاتل في سبيل الله وقد أخرجنا من ديارنا وأبنائنا فلما كتب عليهم القتال تولوا إلا قليلا منهم والله عليم بالظالمين وقال لهم نبيهم إن الله قد بعث لكم طالوت ملكا قالوا أن يكون له الملك علينا ونحن أحق بالملك منه 
ولم يؤت ساعة من المال قال إن الله اصطفاه عليكم وزاده بسطة في العلم والجسم والله يؤتي ملكه من يشاء والله واسع عليم فلما فصل طالوت بالجنود قال إن الله مبتليكم بنهر فمن شرب منه فليس مني ومن لم يطعمه فإنه مني إلا من اغترف غرفة بيده فشربوا منه إلا قليلا منهم فلما جاوزه هو والذين آمنوا معه قالوا لا طاقة لنا اليوم بجالوت وجنوده قال الذين يظنون أنهم ملاقوا الله كم من فئة قليلة غلبت فئة كثيرة بإذن الله والله مع الصابرين ولما برزوا لجالوت وجنوده قالوا ربنا أفرغ علينا صبرا وثبت أقدامنا وانصرنا على القوم الكافرين فهزموهم بإذن الله وقتل داود جالوت وآتاه الملك والحكمة وعلمه مما يشاء ولولا دفع الله الناس بعضهم ببعض لفسدت الأرض ولكن الله ذو فضل على العالمين تلك آيات الله نتلوها عليك بالحق وإنك لمن المرسلين الحمد لله أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألم تر إلى الذين خرجوا من ديارهم Did you not see, did you not consider the case of those people who went out of their homes? You see the ayah begins with the word alam tara. Tara 
means you see. Alright, so alam tara literally means did you not see? Didn't you see those people leaving their homes in the thousands? Now, this is something that happened many, many years ago, hundreds of years ago. This incident happened even hundreds of years before the Prophet ﷺ. So how could he have seen it? How could he have witnessed it? Remember that in the Qur'an when we are told, Alam tara, did you not see? What is meant is, did you not consider? Did you not think about? Didn't you wonder? And this question is for the purpose of making us think. That think about this incident that happened many years ago, reflect over it, and try to extract some lesson for yourself from this. And this is something that we should remember whenever we are studying history. Any historical event that you learn about, even in the present, any news event that you read about, our focus should not just be on getting to know the facts. What happened? How many people were involved? How many casualties were there? What was the cause? What was the result? And then what happened? That should not be the goal. The goal should always be to take a lesson. Because a believer benefits from whatever he learns. So it is necessary that whenever we come across any incident or any story, we focus on the lesson. So here, أَلَمْ تَرَ إِلَى الَّذِينَ خَرَجُوا Those people who went out from where? مِنْ دِيَارِهِمْ From their homes. Diyar is a plural of dar. And dar is one's house. So they went out of their homes, meaning they left their homes. And how many people were they? وَهُمْ أُلُوفٌ While there were thousands. Uluf is a plural of the word elf. And elf means a thousand. So uluf means many thousands. Meaning in the thousands, these people left their homes. Why? Why is it that they left their homes? Because hadar al-maut as precaution against death. Hadar is from the root letters hadha al-ra. And hadar is basically to take some precaution when you are afraid of something. You don't want something to happen, you're scared of it. So you do something to protect yourself. You do something to save yourself. So for example, if a person is a firefighter, and then he's going into a building that's full of fire, then what is he going to do? Is he just going to walk in his everyday clothes? No. He's going to have his gear on. He's going to have his mask on. Right? So this is hadha, that you take precaution. So hadar al-maut, these people left their homes in order to protect themselves from dying. They were afraid that if they stayed in their homes, they would die. So to continue to live, what did they do? They left their homes. Now if you think about it, typically, whenever people are in danger, where do they go for shelter, for safety? Where do they go? Home. Which is why, like for example, even if you are outside somewhere, walking in the street, and you feel like somebody's maybe following you, then what will you do? You will just think about going back home right away. And once you're in the house, you lock the doors, then you feel secure. But a disaster, a calamity has to be really big for people to leave their homes in order to be safe. Think about it. Whenever there's some kind of disaster or there's some kind of war, such a serious situation that people will not stay in their homes, they will leave their city. 
right? Like for example, there was a fire in Fort McMurray, I think last year or so. What happened? Did people just lock their doors, put the blinds down and stay at home? What did they do? The entire city was evacuated. Isn't it so? What happened in Houston when there were floods? Did people just hang out at home? No, they couldn't. And some did. And they were in a lot of trouble. So what did they do? They left their homes. They went somewhere else. Now a similar situation happened with these people. They left their homes in order to save themselves from dying. But what happened? فَقَالَ لَهُمُ اللَّهُ But Allah said to them, مُوتُوا Die. So they left their homes in order to live on. But guess what happened when they left their homes? They died. They didn't die in their homes. They died elsewhere. The place that they had run to. ثُمَّ أَحْيَاهُمْ And then Allah brought them back to life. This is something extraordinary that happened. It doesn't happen with everybody that a person dies and then he is given life again. No. ثُمَّ أَحْيَاهُمْ Allah brought them back to life. He gave them another life in this world. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَذُوا فَضْلٍ عَلَى النَّاسِ Indeed, Allah is surely possessor of bounty over people. What does it mean by this word fadl? You see, fadl has two meanings. The first meaning of the word fadl is superiority. So Allah has fadl over people, meaning He is superior over people. He is all-powerful over them. He has so much authority over them that when He decides that a group of people should die, that a person should die, then what happens? Can those people live on? Can that person live on? No. If Allah decides that they should die, those people should die, they cannot live on. This is how much control Allah has over people. ذو فضل عَلَى النَّاسِ And the second meaning of the word fadl is ata. It is favor, a gift. To bestow a gift upon someone. So Allah is ذو fadl over people. What does it mean? He is always generous towards them. He keeps giving them favor after favor. And really if you think about it, when is the last time that we disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Think about it. Maybe this morning. Maybe on the way coming here. Maybe while sitting here we were backbiting someone. Maybe. Allah knows. But is it that we are dead all of a sudden? No. Is it that life is taken away from us? Is it that we cannot breathe, that we have become sick all of a sudden? Allah is so generous and merciful towards His creation that we keep on disobeying Him and He keeps bestowing His favors upon us. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَذُوا فَضْلٍ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَشْكُرُونَ But most of the people do not give thanks. لَا يَشْكُرُونَ This is from shukr. Shukr is to be grateful. Majority of the people are not grateful to Allah. When they talk about Allah, they complain. Instead of being thankful, they complain. Whereas the favors of Allah are so many. Now, what is this ayah talking about? Who were these people? Who was this nation? We don't know who this nation was. We don't know what their name is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not mention their name. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not tell us about which place they lived in, which era they lived in. No. These extra unnecessary details are not mentioned because they're not relevant. What's relevant is that these people ran from their homes to save themselves from dying. But did running away from their homes protect them from death? 
did it protect them from death? No. Because they died when they left their homes. You know, the thing is that precaution, when you do something to save yourself, precaution you do take. Okay? You have to take precaution to protect yourself. But whenever you take precaution, realize that it is only Allah that will protect you. It is said that these people, the reason why they left their homes is because a plague broke out. A plague is a kind of a disease that spreads very quickly amongst people. It's contagious. And basically people die. I mean, this is the reason why you take vaccinations, right? Because they're meant to protect you from such diseases. Because these diseases spread very quickly and the result of these diseases is death. Now in the past, they had no vaccination. So people died very quickly. If a plague broke out, then the entire population was doomed. And this is the reason why the Prophet ﷺ said that if a plague breaks out somewhere, and if you happen to be among those people, then don't leave that place. Don't leave that place. Because if you leave it, you're going to spread the disease elsewhere. And once you find out that plague has broken out in a place, then don't go there either. Because if you go there, you're going to get sick and die. Right? So what does this ayah mean? The thing is that death is a fact. It is a reality that we cannot avoid. Each and every single one of us has to die. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran that قُلْ إِنَّ الْمَوْتَ الَّذِي تُفِرُّونَ مِنْهُ فَإِنَّهُ مُلَاقِيكُمْ The death that you're trying to run away from is going to come and meet you. It is going to come and meet you. You are going to eventually die. Some people what they do is that in life they don't take any risks. Why? Because they're afraid that they might they might die. You know, for example, if you go to like a theme park and there's like really scary kind of rides, right? Or for example, you want to go zip lining or bungee jumping or something like that. They always give a disclaimer, right? You have to sign something. Like on more serious things, you have to sign something. That this could result in serious injury or death, right? So go at your own risk, basically. Now, what happens? Some people, they say, oh, I could die because of this. I'm not going. But other people are like, okay, this is possible, I may die, right, if I go bungee jumping. But if I have the proper gear, the equipment is there, the setup has passed all the screenings, it's guaranteed to be safe, then tawakkal ala Allah and I go. Right? And I fulfill my wish of bungee jumping or whatever. So the thing is that death is going to come no matter what you do and what precaution you take. And likewise, every other thing in life, whatever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decreed for you, whatever Allah has decided for you, it will come to you. It will come to you, no matter what you do. So what does this mean then? Don't plan? Don't try to protect yourself? No. You try to protect yourself, you plan, but as you're planning, realize that only Allah will protect you. So, in protecting yourself, don't try to run away from Allah. In protecting yourself, run towards Allah. Do you understand this? In trying to protect yourself, don't try to run away from Allah. That's not going to help at all. Run to Allah. So when you're scared, seek protection with Allah. When you're afraid, ask Allah to protect you. 
Because these people, they tried to run away from Allah. And what happened? Death came to them where they thought they would have shelter. Right? And you may have heard stories of, you know, for example, a person decided to not take a flight because they were afraid that the plane was going to crash. And then what happened? They died in their own home. Hmm? I know of somebody, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on her and elevate her ranks and forgive her. Beautiful individual. And they were very, very health conscious. Extremely health conscious. So much so that they wouldn't eat just any food. They would be very particular about what they ate, very conscious about, you know, medications and their environment and, you know, eliminating toxins from their food and their environment. You know, like health conscious to like another level. They even moved from one country to another for the sake of their health. Really. And you know what happened to this person? They died in a car accident. They didn't die because they got cancer like one of their parents. They didn't die because they got some disease like their sibling. They didn't die because they developed some heart problems. They didn't die because they got diabetes. They died in a car accident. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't try to be health conscious. No. This doesn't mean that we don't drive cars. No. What this means is, take whatever precaution you need. But remember that no matter what you do, ultimately death is coming. So your goal in life should not be to live long. Your goal in life should be to use whatever time you have to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't worship your body. Worship Allah. Don't worship yourself. Worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And no matter what you do to protect yourself, do that by going towards Allah, not trying to run away from Allah. And then we see over here, you know, something very interesting from one of the companions, Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu anhu. You all know him? Have you heard his name? Khalid ibn Walid. What was his title? Hmm? The sword of Allah. Why? Why was he called the sword of Allah? Does anybody know? He was a great fighter. He was a great fighter. And he participated in so many battles, so many, that when he died, there was not a part of his body that was free of wounds. There were cuts all over his body, healed wounds all over his body, head to toe. But you know where he died? On his deathbed. He didn't die in a battlefield. He didn't die because he was killed by someone. He died on his bed, even though all his life he had been fighting in battles. So the point is that death is not going to come to you if you go to a place or if you do something. Death is going to come to you whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has decided that it should come to you. You could die in a very safe environment even. You could die in a very safe place even. Because death doesn't come from places. It comes from who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And just like that, everything else in your life doesn't come from places, doesn't come from people. It comes from Allah. You all know what happened in Egypt. Over 200 people died in a masjid when they had come for Friday prayers. I mean, the thing is that we are going to die. So don't live life escaping death. Because that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Live life always running to Allah, seeking His protection, seeking His approval, seeking His pleasure. 
And this statement, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَذُوا فَضْلٍ عَلَى النَّاسِ Allah is all-powerful over people. He is all-powerful over us. I mean, think about it. Someone has so much control over you that they could cause you to die just by saying, die. Just imagine the power that Allah has over us. Yet He's so generous towards us. Isn't that amazing? So appreciate His blessings. Appreciate His favors. Appreciate His forgiveness. His tolerance. Also one more thing we see in this ayah is that إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَذُوا فَضْلٍ عَلَى النَّاسِ وَلَكِنَّ أَكْثَرَ النَّاسِ لَا يَشْكُرُونَ Majority of the people are not grateful. Look at what happened with this nation. They died, Allah brought them back to life. What a blessing. Think about yourself. How many times is it that you could have literally finished, but Allah saved you. Allah protected you. Just the other day somebody was telling me that they were driving on a highway that was basically deserted. And all of a sudden, a huge deer came in front of them. So they hit the deer. The deer ran away. But the car basically was done. I mean, the airbags came out and the car toppled over and they were done. But alhamdulillah, everybody in the car was perfectly safe. But they were in the middle of nowhere. And what happened? Somebody who was also driving by stopped their car and came in order to see them. And this person said that I came just to take your bodies out. I didn't think you had survived. I came to take your bodies out and somehow try to make some kind of clear sign so that people don't crash into you. And this person drove them home. It was in the middle of nowhere. So Allah is really merciful and generous towards us. So in life there will be difficulties. Focus on the blessings. Another thing is that oftentimes people will live in such states of like utter fear and like paranoia that, oh, even if I step out of, like to extreme cases, like even if I step out of my house, I could die. Like, oh, the building I'm in could collapse. Oh, the car, I could be in a car accident. In any situation, they, you know, seem paranoid. But that's another beautiful thing for us is that we know that Allah will protect us. And therefore, we shouldn't live in sort of this bubble of, I should exactly. not leave. And the thing is that if something is to come to me, it will come to me in the safety of my own house even. Right? So, you know, relying upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't mean that I'll be safe and I'll get no scratch on my body. Relying upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means that you have trust and confidence that no matter what happens, happens by the will of Allah. And at the end, I am Allah's servant. Right? And this short life that I have, I should use it in obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَقَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and you all should fight in the way of Allah. In the surah we learned about the command of qital, and there is no need to discuss the whole ruling over here. But an important thing we learn here is a reminder that قَاتِلُوا فِي سَبِيلِ In the way of Allah. For the pleasure of Allah, for the cause of Islam, not for your own ego, not for self-exaltation. You see this hadith over here in your book on page 67, that a man came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, that a man fights for pride, another man fights for bravery, and another fights for showing off. Right? These are different reasons why people would fight. They said, who's in the way of Allah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, the one who fights so that Allah's word should be superior, then he fights for Allah's cause. Now imagine, if this is with qital, I mean something that's so serious, what about deeds that are lesser than that? 
should they not be for the sake of Allah? وَعْلَمُوا And you should know أَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ That indeed Allah is ever hearing and knowing. He hears your pleas and He knows your condition.